Welcome to Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff, where no topic is taboo. Booze is on deck, and I keep it real, real interesting. Hey, 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 welcome to Boobs, Booze, and Other Stuff. I am going to jump back in with another cool guest this week. I met this fella on the uh, not-yet-banned TikTok. He is from Wisconsin, and he has a two-and-a-half-year-old son, cute little weeby. He did a very interesting thing, despite his ex. Nothing illegal, mind you. And his childhood was, well, not an easy one. And he's learned to express himself in a way that brings him a lot of joy. Please welcome to the show, Tyler George. Hey, guys. How's it going? How you doing, Tyler? I'm still alive, so it's another day in paradise, right? Heck yeah, heck yeah. All right, so you are from Wisconsin, born and raised? Born and raised, yeah. I've lived a little bit everywhere. I've been to Alabama, Minnesota, Iowa, and I think that's about it. You know, I'm in Georgia, so Alabama is just, you know, you smile and cut your teeth on the edge of it where I live. It's pretty close. Yeah. All right, so people do all kinds of crazy things despite an ex. Trust me, I know a little bit about that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I mentioned that you did an interesting thing. If you would, tell everybody what you did despite your ex. Well, there's a couple things. A lot of it started out, she absolutely hated my long hair and my facial hair. So as soon as we broke up, damn well, I grew it out. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's more who I am anyways, so it kind of fits me a little bit better, I feel. But another thing I did is she always, always put me down for singing. She absolutely hated the fact that I would. And I think it is probably because it made her feel a little more insecure that people could want me in that way, I guess. Um, By no means am I professional, (laughs) but... (laughs) I have fun doing it. There's a lot of people that seem to enjoy it. In the last month, I've grown my following on TikTok from 1,000 on my backup account to over 30,000. Awesome. I like to hear that. I mean, you've seen a couple of my lives. I just, I sing every now and then I'll drink and just have a good time. So I'm all about the good times. Cheers, darling. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't have anything with me but White Claw, and I refuse to drink them things. So, uh, thank you, thank you for not for not doing that. <laughs> we might have to have Fadi edit that out if you did it. All right, so you're expressing yourself kind of in an emotional way with the singing. I like it. That's a cool way to spite somebody. By the way, I like it. Oh yeah. And uh, you're good at it. I've listened to you. And, and certainly, as we get nearer to the end, we'll have to uh, hear a little something from you. Yeah. But, um. I know you said you had a rough childhood. Give me a little snippet of that, whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Well, I'm an open book, so I don't really have much to hide. I mean, it's all, you can find it or I'll tell you it one way or another. So growing up, I had a pretty normal childhood until I was about five, six. I mean, I didn't know my real dad, but I also didn't, I thought my stepdad was my real dad. So my dad wasn't around. I always thought, that I was visiting like an uncle or a cousin in prison. So my real dad was locked up for Ah. some mistakes. I mean, he was young. He made some dumb choices and he had to live with the consequences. But up until I was about six or seven, my mom was pretty good with my stepdad and everything like that. He ended up cheating on her with her wedding planner the night of their wedding. And then it continued on behind her back for four years. Oh, boy. So you can imagine the damage that did to my mom 
on top of all the other damage she had. And she found a way of coping with opioids. Oh, gosh. So my little sister was born when I was five. And I remember when we moved out, it got relatively bad. But she always made sure we had a roof over our head. So it continued on just like prescription pain pills from her doctor. She just abused those. She never went out and like illegally bought it or made it or anything like that. It was more so just a fact of she needed a way to cope with the pain, but she chose an unhealthy way to do it. Fair enough. Which being an adult now, I can see how it can be tempting. I drink when I'm sad. You know, it's just one's legal, one's not. Um, True, true. People find all kinds of crazy ways to cope and many times not the right way. Back in my day, we called it housewife heroin. It was Valium, you know, Xanax, yep. all the other things. But uh, none of it healthy. And it, I think it certainly does its damage along the way. But, you know, as an adult, you always see things a little bit differently. Your perspective changes. And obviously, it had a positive influence on you in many ways. You know, it's easy to point out, you know, the things that didn't go right. But what shapes the outcomes is how you respond to all of it. And it looks like you're responding pretty well at this juncture in your life. I'm trying. It was all pretty normal until I was like 12. I realized my stepdad wasn't my real dad when I was 10 because my grandpa told me. I resented my stepdad a little bit for that, plus all the cheating and stuff. I was old enough to understand what was going on. And we kind of moved on from that. And when I was 12, actually, my mom had just started getting mixed in with like the really wrong crowd, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I actually had seen her use an intravenous way of getting that high. Yeah. So I called my real dad who, like I said, like I didn't know he was my real dad until I was like 10. So he just never really made an effort. I called him up and I said, look, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't feel safe. Uh And uh, at 12 years old, that's pretty scary when, you know, the only thing you've known is your mom. But I knew I was going to either find something I didn't want to find or be exposed to something I didn't want to be exposed to. And like, That year, my little sister moved with my stepdad, her dad. So it really, it made my mom spiral. So I was only with my real dad for, well, from April to November. So I finished my eighth grade with my dad at Kettle Moraine in Wisconsin, which is over by Milwaukee area. And then um, I went to Oconomowoc High School as a freshman for my first three months, I would say, something like that. And um, he was very verbally, he didn't know how to be a dad. I mean, to this day, we still get into skirmishes to where we won't talk to each other for seven, eight months. So I got sick of it. And like, I called my aunt, I do believe at the time in November, like my dad had just had back surgery. He was extra grouchy. I was doing everything I could to walk on eggshells and like not break the shells. But it got to the point where it was unmanageable. So I got a hold of my aunt and I went back to my hometown area, which is Linksville, Wisconsin. Uh, it's 124 people. There's three bars. Wow. There's a burnt down church. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's small town USA. Woo. Oh, yeah. Right on the Mississippi River. I mean, my family was one of the original settlers of that town. Gosh. So big history with that one. Um, but so it was in the area. And I went to MFL Marmec uh, and finished out the rest of my freshman year, which was over in Monona, Iowa, because that's where my aunt was at. And 
I lived in a hotel with her for three months and then moved in with a cousin that was still in the same school district. All in all, I moved 12 times before I graduated. Holy smokes. So from the time I was in first grade or kindergarten to, to graduating or well, to sophomore year, I moved, I had moved 12 times to 12 different school districts. Holy cow. Yeah. So there was a lot of instability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I went to Marmec for the remainder of my freshman year. I was putting all the advanced classes because I just come from a really big city. So, I mean, the curriculum's a little bit different. And my mom had actually gone to prison my sophomore year when I was back in my hometown school of Seneca. So I didn't really get to talk to her much from sophomore up until senior. It is what it is. I don't hold any resentment towards her for that anymore. I did for a while because being a parent now, like, how could you do that to your kid type situation? But I know by holding on to hatred, it's just going to make me turn sour. And I don't want that. I went through sophomore, junior, senior. I was in football, basketball, track. I was just big in sports. I, it kept me busy, kept me out of the house. And at the end of sophomore year, my aunt moved. So I went and stayed down the road with my grandpa. And it's, it, was a, it was a whole shit show. <laughs> like... <laughs> I tell people these things and they're like, there's no way you move that many times. And I start listing off how many times I moved and where I moved to because I, I remember most of the addresses and stuff. It takes them back. Yeah. Um, I graduated high school. I Actually, I had really decent grades. And I went to college for a year. Well, I lived by myself that entire year to where like, I saw my friends maybe once a month, if I was lucky. I was pretty secluded. Nobody prepares you for after high school to how much you're going to actually see people because that's where your life really starts getting busy. I mean, it slows down a little bit out of college, but going into it, you're just naive. You don't know what's going on. I did that whole year in college and it wasn't for me. I left with good grades. I just wanted to be making money now. My mom got out of prison a month before I graduated high school. So she got to see me graduate, which was awesome. But yeah, besides that, I mean, I didn't really talk to her for years. I was upset. Like I was just really mad. Understandable. The way I saw it for a long time was I saw all these people, even with split homes, doing way better than I was. And I just, I didn't have the fire under my ass yet to like say, like, if you want something in life, you got to go out and do it. Nothing's going to be given to you. I didn't learn that one until the year I left college. I started working 90 to 100 hours a week and just working myself to death. I worked myself so hard, I blew both knees out. I tore three quarters to seven eighths of the way of all the tendons in both of my knees. Ouch. So I was walking with a cane at 19 years old for three months. Whoa. It was pretty rough. And then I met my son's mom. I got into more like nine to five work and stuff like that. But when I'd met her, she had her daughter, Vera, who was two at the time. I won't indulge too much on that because it's not my place, but I've been in her life since she was two and she's now seven. So okay. that little girl knows only me as dad while me and her mom were together the first three months she got pregnant. And we went through that entire nine months with her telling me it was my kid when it wasn't. So the middle child was not mine. But oh, gosh. I was so attached already that... 
well, you know, like it's my first pregnancy. My biggest goal in life was to always have a happy family, like be a family man, because that's not what I had. And the way I base my parenting off of is what did my parents do and what should they have done, basically. So I don't want to toot my own horn here, but my son prefers me over his mom. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we split up for a year when I found out he wasn't mine. And this was when he was born. So like Mm. it sent me into a bad spiral. I got super depressed. I stopped, just stopped everything. I didn't leave my room besides to go to the bathroom for about two weeks. I got my feet back under me, started working again and busting my ass. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, a year later, almost to the day, she texted me and she was like, hey, you know, Vera Ray misses you. Would you want to see her again? You know, of course, I mean, I look at her as my first child. So Mm. I wasn't going to say no, but I also told her it's not going to be a you can do this now and then not do this later type thing. And so I said, if you want to come look at my house, you're more than welcome to just to make sure it's up to your, your par for having a kid in there. So she did. And we talked and she had a boyfriend at the time and she just hindsight. It was a better idea. Now that I'm thinking about it, the only good thing about it came out of it was my son, but we just kept it friends. We sat apart. We didn't really like, there was nothing but besides a hug basically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she had called me two days later and said that her boyfriend had spanked Theo, the middle child. And Theo was a year old at this point. That's it. There's no reason to spank a one-year-old. Uh, no. So, I mean, Zero. they don't know what they're, yeah, they don't know what they're doing. If they're crying and they either pooped, they're hungry, or they got an upset stomach. It's about the only reasons you can figure it out. It's between four things. Yeah. So I told her, I said, don't expose the kids to that. You can come stay in my house. I'll sleep on the couch. You can have my bedroom just till you get your feet underneath you. And well, one thing led to another. And two weeks later, here comes Rowan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I found out on New Year's actually that year. So it was all within, like I said, like a two week window of her coming to my house. And wow. Am I kicking myself in the ass for it? A little bit. I would have liked to wait a little longer, but I mean, you know, I beat teenage pregnancy. I was 23. I was pretty happy about that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But yeah, and then like she just became really controlling and manipulative and toxic towards the end. And obviously singing is one of my big passions. And the time I sing the most is when I'm in the car. So whenever we'd go on road trips and I'd start singing, she'd instantly turn the radio off. So you you can imagine how that makes you feel. (laughs) Yeah, that's a buzzkill. That's a buzzkill for sure. Like, what am I doing (laughs) wrong? Like, yeah. And I wouldn't be like belting my pipes out or anything like that. It was just quietly minding my own business, doing my own thing. So the only time I got to sing for the entire five years we were together in total was when I was by myself in the car, which was to and from work or maybe the occasional once every three month trip to my friend's house. So, you know, that kind of put a damper on things because ever since I was like three, four, I remember riding in the car, listening to the Dixie Chicks and Sugarland and just Toby Keith. I'm trying to think of a song that just runs through my head all the time. I want to talk about, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about number one, oh, mommy, me. That, that song, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that one was always playing. And my name is Earl. Like, my middle name is Earl, so my mom always played it as, a, like, a funny thing. I remember singing all the way through. I was in choir, and I was in band, and I was very musically involved. Like I learned how to play this alto saxophone in three weeks in sixth grade. 
Now, guitar, that's another challenge, but it was easy to pick up stuff like that. I've always been rhythm, and I try to raise my son that way, too. He sings now, and it's just the cutest thing. I have so many videos of it. But yeah, so music's always been a big thing of mine, and I've always seen it as an outlet because you know when you need to cry, sometimes you just can't get to that threshold. And I know a lot of songs that'll make you cry. So I, uh, <laughs> I listen to those quite a bit. Yeah, um, I'm not a hater of those. Man, there's a few things to unpack here. So let us let me unpack yeah, yeah, back a little bit. Okay, so first off, that's a hell of a story. And I know that's just a piece of it. Obviously, that's a snippet. But it's a hell of a story. And you are... In my opinion, I have a few years on you, young Jedi. You're the comeback kid, and you really kick some ass on some adversity because a lot of kids that deal with even maybe one hundredth of what you dealt with don't fare well, and that's a reality. And you seem to know that. You seem to have a pretty clear understanding of how directionally your life could have gone, you know, given oh, yeah. how you dealt with it. Because, again, so many pieces in that puzzle— and, you know, any one of them can take you out. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. my fair share of causing trouble and running from the law. I just didn't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's funny how you can, and I come from a divorced family, and a lot of people will blame every bad thing that happens in their life on their childhood. And they don't sometimes take the time to remember that many bad things that happen in our lives end up impacting us in really positive, good ways. Now, we oh, don't yeah. always see it immediately, but based on where you are now, and you said it yourself, like being a family man is important to you based on what you saw and basically what you don't want to do now with your son yep. and with the extended family there too, yeah. obviously. Yeah, that's important. And it's good because then you will impart values that will be meaningful, not just to you, but to him, and that will be long-lasting, which is very important. Very exactly. important. I like a happy ending, because look, a lot of people, and you probably know some, I know many, it doesn't go that way. And some people don't find an outlet, and they kick into the depression. And you did say something. You said, uh, sometimes you'll drink when you're sad. I had to make a pact with myself with drinking because I like to drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but I made a pact not all that long ago, quite frankly, within the last year. But my pact was don't drink mad and don't drink sad. And I pretty well stick to that because the times I get in trouble are those two. Yeah. yeah. Either one of those. Somebody won't fare well. Usually I'm a part of the not faring well myself. But <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always end well. It yeah, if always. I'm feeling relatively pissed off and I start drinking, that's when a whole new Tyler comes out. I'm not mean or anything like that. Doesn't matter what I drink, but you just see a whole new side of a wild Tyler. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like I got my grandma to do keg stands the one time. <laughs> and my 60 year old grandma, it was pretty comical, but Hell I don't know. Yeah. I just, there's a whole new party that comes out when it, when it's drinking for a purpose. Yeah. Liquor. Oh, boy. It can evoke all sorts of things. All sorts of things. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your uh, Not Yet Band TikTok, which is where we met one another. All yeah. right. So, and you know this, everybody knows this, people that are watching this are going to know this. And hey, when I title it, they'll really know it. You have an uncanny resemblance to a country singer. Uh, okay? Yeah. And when I actually panned by you, that was what caught my eye and I stopped. 
you know, and then I started listening to you and kind of many, many different things you said and the singing, et cetera. But it's funny because I was like, wait, is that Hardy right there? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what, give me a little backstory and what do you hear on that? I just, I hear so many times, like when I'm live, there's nights where I'll have a thousand, I've had 1700 people in there and every comment is Hardy, Hardy Duke. Is this really Hardy? Like, I find it funny. It's almost flattering, but I'm not afraid to tell people no. Like, no, this is just a good old boy from Wisconsin. Like, my name's Tyler. That's actually why I changed my name on TikTok to officially not Hardy. Yeah, I love because, it. Because, <laughs> I mean, then I could be like, just just look at the username, please. Because <laughs> well, yeah. it's hard to answer and keep up with everybody when there's even two, three hundred people in there, let alone a thousand. True. True. So, I mean, I've got a, a pretty good set of moderators on there that that help out with that. Like today, I got an account warning because they think somebody reported me for copying Hardy. Really? Yep. This is the second one in two weeks. First, two things. Explain moderator to me and then explain. I don't even understand how that would be a, an issue. So my moderators, they have like control on my lives. They can block people. They can mute people for five seconds up to the entire live. They can highlight comments and pin them to the top. So like I had Young Gravy in my live the other morning. Oh, One wow. of my moderators saw it and pinned it to the top because I didn't see it. I can't catch all of it. Yeah. It's nice having an extra set of eyes because they pick up on stuff that I don't. Yeah. There's a lot of people in there like that'll do a bunch of like spam comments to where it just, it shows the whole chat and it just, it gets unreasonably irritating. Yeah. So they keep on top of that. And like, if somebody's doing it, they'll warn them. And if they don't stop, they just, it, it's a kaput thing. They mute them. I like that. See ya. You've been in a couple of my lives. I'm very positive And yes, like yes. I tried to make people's day better. That's the whole reason I do it. Because the amount of messages I've gotten that like from people, guy, girl, kid, it doesn't matter. They all say like, I look forward to when I have a rough day getting on to your lives at night because you're always live around the same time. And it's just nice to unwind. I, I've put kids to sleep while I was live. I got messages <laughs> from their parents afterwards. Like you call my kid down so much they fall asleep. So that's a good feeling, you know, because like I would put my son to sleep when he was little by singing to him whenever mm -hmm. he was fussy and stuff like that, you know, so I can physically put an emotion to that message. I like it. That's the moderator. And then what was the other one again? Why would you get booted for the Hardy deal? Oh, what, what was um, that? Impersonation is what it's labeled under. Impersonation? And, yep. They oh, think boy. I'm impersonating a famous person, which I can't help that I have the same freckle and same mole as Hardy. I can't help my facial structure looks like him with long hair and a, and a goatee. I can't help that he has good music and I like singing it. <laughs> Indeed. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can okay. definitely get banned on TikTok for that. I get banned for other things. <laughs> but <laughs> so do I. <laughs> not, not impersonating anybody. Um, maybe, maybe impersonating a normal person. I think maybe I've been booted for that once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so like the big thing, like before the Hardy thing, I just got my gl glasses back. I've worn glasses since 2012. I just, one, didn't have an, or didn't have insurance through work, so I couldn't get my prescription glasses or anything like that. I can see far away just fine, but it's the up close stuff that gets me. Gotcha. Hence why a lot of the times if I'm not live or if I don't have to read fine print, I don't wear my glasses. 
Yeah. And a lot of people try to call me out on that. And I'm like, dude, look, I'm, I'm, I'm farsighted. I can't see shit up close. What do you want from me? I can pick a deer out two miles away on a hillside, <laughs> but I can't read the fine print in front of me. <laughs> Honestly, it's like a cheater's prescription. I have 2040. So I have 2020 in this eye and 2040 in this eye. And weirdly enough, it's my dominant eye. I have to compensate with it because otherwise I get migraines. But yeah, it just, without the glasses and without the goatee for a while there, like I was known on my original account on TikTok as Walmart brand Morgan Wallen. That's everybody <laughs> knew me as Walmart brand Morgan Wallen. That's funny. I did not know that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was weirdly enough. I was like, guys, watch this. And I took my glasses off and flipped my hat around. And um, they're like, holy shit, you look like Morgan Wallen. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Versatility. I like I it. I guess so. Watch, I'll get banned from looking like him too. That's um, funny. I did not. It's funny because I didn't even know that was a thing. Yep. It's yeah. part of the guidelines. They have a bunch of guidelines. Oh, I know they do. <laughs> the reason I started using my backup account is because I was walking through the woods one day rabbit hunting. Well, I made sure that no guns were in the video. Or in the live, no shots were being fired in the live. All you could see was me walking through a snowy hillside with a dog running in front of me. And I got banned for that. So on my main account. And that was when I had 19.3 thousand followers. Yeah. And that was February 18th. Wow. So I was like, well, hell, I'm not going to go live. Fuck it. I'm done with it. I was like, well, you know, maybe it won't hurt going live on the backup. I fill a lot of my time with going live, like in the morning when I'm getting ready, cooking breakfast or washing dishes, you know, it's, it's fun to have interaction and conversation. It keeps me not so one track minded to where I want to just give up. Yeah. So I went live that first time on my backup account. And the first live I did, I had 700 people in there and I was like, what in the fuck is going on? I don't even get these numbers <laughs> on my main one. And I had a thousand followers at that point on my backup. Holy it was like a thousand eighty two. Within a month, like a month and like two days, I have gotten up to 30,000. I surpassed my main account in followers and it's a good feeling. It's hard to explain. It really is because like nothing's changed. So that's good though. I mean, I feel like you're doing something positive for people, positive for yourself. I admire that. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I appreciate it. All right, let's talk about your son just for a minute. You said, yeah. and I know obviously you sing around him and whatnot, but you oh, said yeah. he does a little singing and he sings a little Chris Stapleton. Is that right? He knows the whole song, Broken Halos. Wow. Word for that's word impressive. the whole way through at two and a half years old. Okay. Um, I love Chris Stapleton. He also really likes Snow by Zach Bryan. You have to send me a clip if you don't mind. I don't know if, if you I, want to. We could yeah, play it. We could put I've it in the podcast. Yeah, definitely oh. have to send me a clip of that. That's pretty cool. And he'll go live with me every now and then because he knows as soon as I turn my speaker on, it goes boom, and he will run from the back of the house to the front and stand in front of the speaker <laughs> until it turns on music. He's conditioned. So, He's excited about it. I like that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, that's, he goes on car rides and stuff like that with me. And when I have my truck going in the summer, he copies the turbo while we're going down the road. And it's, it's funny. I have videos on my TikTok of that specifically, but he is just I've never seen a two-year-old, and I'm biased, I know he's my son, but I've never seen a two-year-old that advanced with, like, sound and music and stuff like that. There's parents on TikTok that show their kids snowboarding at three, which yeah. blows my mind. But to a lot of people, my son's singing at two and a half, where he's 
barely able to carry on a conversation with you, but knows the words to an entire song that I only play like once a night. <laughs> That's pretty sporty. I'm just here to tell you. That's pretty sporty. Yeah, yeah then COVID babies. Let me tell you what. <laughs> the That's COVID what baby. Gosh, bunch of them. Bunch of them. <laughs> Woo, everybody was hemmed in. Nothing better to do. <laughs> he is like the sweetest little boy, though. I mean, he can tell if I'm upset. He'll come up to me and just he'll crawl up on my lap and hug me. He comes up and gives me quick kisses or like on my TikTok, I have one high five knuckle bump. And I was like, can you give daddy a kiss? And he goes and falls on my face. But he just <laughs> he goes back for another one. He is such a compassionate boy. And that's that's who I'm trying to raise. Somebody not not afraid to be compassionate towards people, but somebody who's also not going to really put up with anything. Oh, good for you. We because need, we need that in this day and age. Whew, that's critical. It's critical. Hard times right bring strong. Or hard times build strong men. Easy times breed weak men. That's that's how that's it goes. A, it goes in cycles. That's a fact. That's a fact. So well, and our school him, system doesn't help. Quite frankly, I'm just. Here I to mean, tell you. you know, you put an yeah. armed vet there, somebody that's looking for work. And other things that are happening right yeah. now would happen. I mean, I can't say yeah. that. I mean, but it'd be drastically reduced. You could because spend they know, nine nine million a year, one in every school. Problem yeah, solved. Yeah. Exactly. You know dang well they're not going to ask an arm and a leg for a wage. No. You could do I it mean, for 75 grand or less a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is so many, so many veterans that are homeless because they can't get a job. Even a minimum wage job doing something that they know how to do would be it. beneficial to everybody. Because then not only do you have somebody who is expertly trained with that stuff and recognizing the situations, you're taking somebody who helped defend our freedoms and our right to have podcasts like this even. Exactly. And giving them an opportunity to at least get their feet under themselves. Wise words. As a veteran, you know, I'm obviously in that camp. It's one thing to talk about a problem and not offer a solution, but that's a solution. Yeah. That's a oh, solid yeah. solution. And you know what's sad to me, and certainly as a former educator, I asked a parent one time, I said, would you rather have me wielding my 380 or just hovering over your kid and hoping? <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? I mean, like hope isn't a strategy. That's an ostrich sticking its head in the sand. Exactly. So you but, don't see uh, the danger? Well, it's still there. <laughs> that's right. Well, and we we're seeing it now. And soft targets have always been an issue in our country. When you tell people, hey, we're, we don't have any weapons, you know, it's like, come on in, you know. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Hey, well, hey, let's get back to you. I, I know you said you might be willing to sing a song. Maybe so do, you said maybe Chris Young, possibly. Or? Yeah, I do love some Chris Young. You pick. I'll let you pick whatever you want to sing. I can do Chris Young. Would you like instrumental with it? Because if not, I can only give you just a little tidbit. Well, go, go with the instrumental with it. Right, That's good. Let me turn the speaker on really quick. Okay. All right. So uh, you're going to play a little Chris Young for us? I sure can. All right. Obviously, you know the song, so. Tomorrow, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to let you go and walk away. Every day I sit out And tomorrow I'm gonna listen To that voice of reason Telling me that we're no good 
But tonight I'm gonna give it one last time Rock me strong in these arms of mine Get all the regrets that are bound to follow We're like fire and gasoline I'm no good for you, you're no good for me We only bring each other tears and sorrow But tonight I'm gonna love you like there's no I'll be stronger I'm not gonna break down My heart cries out And tomorrow You won't believe it When I pass your house No matter how bad I want to But tonight I'm gonna give in one last time Rock you strong in these arms of mine Get all the regrets that are bound to follow We're like fire and gasoline I'm no good for you, you're no good for me We only bring each other tears and sorrow But tonight, I'm gonna love you like there's no Oh yeah. I like it. Baby, when we're good, you know we're great. There's too much bad for us to think. There's anything we're trying to say. But tonight I'm gonna give in one last time. Rock you strong in these arms of mine. Get all the regrets that are bound to follow. We're like fire and gasoline. No good for you, no good for me. We only bring each other tears and sorrow. But tonight, I'm gonna love you like this. No. Cue the applause, Fadi. Hell Not yeah. warmed up. <laughs> but Man, I listen, so tell me this, because that begs the question, is there a band coming soon? There is. So I have that in the makings right now. I'm spending a lot of time with Jesse Campbell Band out of Michigan. Um, okay. Jesse's one of my very good friends. I was at his show at the Junkyard in Wisconsin Rapids two weeks ago, and he was like, no, nah, dude, you're getting up on stage and singing with me. I was like, all right. I mean, so besides like karaoke and stuff like that, that was my first performance, and it was uh, Beautiful Crazy by Luke Combs. Oh, love Luke Combs. Have oh, you heard so his, his new album is Fire? I have not Fire. listened to it yet, but I've listened to Love You Anyways. Check out Five Leaf Clover. That'll be in your wheelhouse. All right. I definitely can. Um, yeah, it's a good one. It's but yeah, that's a good actually, one. That's why I'm going to Michigan this weekend. I'm going to a two-day show with him at the Twisted Bowl in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Good luck to you on that. Good luck yeah, to you. Yeah, the way I see it, like, life's all about the people you know. 
It's not about the person you are. Because if you know some people, you can get shit done. That's been true in almost (laughs) every situation I've come across. True Um, words. So I just try to make acquaintances and friends with everybody. Everybody I come across. And Jesse, I've known Jesse off of TikTok from last May. And he's just been a damn good person the whole time. I have no problem promoting any of his music for him on my lives and stuff like that or his band page. And his drummer, Chris, is a veteran. And me and Chris are good friends, too. I talk to both of them on the daily all day. I've got my own people that I can start a band with, but it's just it's a little harder than you think. (laughs) Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, I know people who've tried to do things and it takes a little tweaking. You got to find the right thing, find the right people, find the right mix. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so you can be a guitarist, but you might not be a country guitarist, you know, like you lean heavier on the rock side or that's the case with my cousin, Chris. He's damn good on a guitar. He can do just about anything he hears audibly. He can play it on a guitar. But there's always like that, that hidden rock aspect behind it, just between the strums and the pitch that he goes for and just the tempo. So a lot of times country's not super fast paced. Hardy's throwing a mix to things and bring it in rock mm. with his Mockingbird and the Crow album. Yes. But that's about the only country artist you're going to have right now that's doing that. He's got the formula, I'd say. He, he definitely, definitely does. And yeah. He knows people. In my opinion, Hardy is a lyrical genius when it comes to music. I mean, he wrote True. a lot of Morgan Wallen songs. And Morgan Wallen right now, arguably, is the biggest country artist. I mean, the other day I was listening to a podcast and somebody compared him to Elvis for following wise. Yeah. He goes to stadiums and sells them out. And that's 80,000 people, 75,000 to 80,000 people. And yeah. it's nothing for him to sell those out. So, yeah, right after COVID broke, I was listening to Ernest and, uh, of course, Ernest tours with all them now. But oh, like that, that whole crew, they're all in Big Loud, you know, Laney. They all just lit off. Oh, yeah. And that's got to do with, you know, the marketing that Big Loud does and the people that they know and who they have access to, too. Morgan's made them a lot of money. <laughs> you got that right. You oh. got that right. I was watching Theo Vaughn's podcast with Hardy. Um, oh, I love that. I watched it myself. I'm a huge Theo Vaughn fan. They were talking about Morgan getting just crate after crate of money. You know, like, theoretically, like, oh, the FedEx guy shows up every day with a new box of money for him. <laughs> so, honestly, I wouldn't be upset if I didn't make it to even, say, an earnest level of fame. I just enjoy singing. If it comes, it comes. I've had a couple companies out of Nashville reach out to me. There you go. It's just... You got to be careful to find print. So that's that's, that's the biggest thing. Well, and it's like learning an industry. You know, so many people, they cut their teeth in lower Broadway. And you look at Laney, some of these other people, some of them, you know, you make it, maybe, maybe you don't, you know, I mean, yeah. but I mean, a lot of them, you know, that's where they started out. I mean, they were just down there on lower Broadway, cutting their teeth and having their jug and getting tips and doing all the things. And then next thing you know, boom, something the hits. The right person walked by and yep. That's, That's it. where it comes. The people you know. That's a big part of life, circling back to it. You have way more opportunities opened up to you if you know the right people. Yeah, and putting yourself out there, which I admire that you're doing. You know, one thing I noticed when I watched the TikToks, I mean, again, you mentioned a minute ago, you're like, yeah, I'm just cooking breakfast. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But you're, you're engaging. You're interesting, fun to listen to. It is a feel-good vibe, 100%. 
Well, I'm glad to hear it. I try to keep it that way. I really don't try to have any negativity in the live at all. So I love that. Well, let me just tell you, you've got a friend here in Georgia, and I want to say thank you very much for joining me on the show. I certainly look forward to seeing where it all leads for you. And uh, cheers, darling. I'll stay in touch. Don't worry. Well, it's time for a refill. Join me for my next episode of Boobs, Booze, and other stuff where I vow to keep it real and real interesting.